Yo, 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 what's up, everybody? Thank you for tuning in to yet again another fantastic indie creator interview. It's your K producer, Cody, and we're keeping it geekly with our returning guest, Brendan Albatsky. We're here to break down Marakiru Destroys the Ur Moon, uh, Chapter 8, and everything in between. And, uh, dude, Brendan, how have you been? Welcome back to the show, man. It's it's awesome. It feels like I was just here, um, <laughs> but it's been a long time. <laughs> and you kind of were earlier today, uh, dude. I uh, and uh, the thing is, I'm trying to get better at incorporating questions. And mm. like your question, I was like, man, this is the perfect question to end the show with. So, like, Not boom. Bad. So yeah, I'm excited, man. Had the opportunity to get my hands on a physical copy of this, dude. And I was so geeked out when I opened it up and had the little signature. Oh man. It's so gorgeous. This is such an awesome experience for anyone that might be new watching, you know, for the first time, not really knowing who you are. Can you give us a quick recap of who you are yeah. and a little bit about uh, Marokiru? Yeah, sure. Uh, I'll give you a short version. Uh, I'm Brendan Elvetsky and I make a comic called Marokiru Destroy the Moon, um, which is about exactly what it sounds like. Um, <laughs> so, you know, Marokiru is a, 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 a kind of a strong and, and uh, really straightforward and, and um what's the word i'm looking for um I angry can't, I can't, angry yeah <laughs> angry that's the best way to put it uh but you know she's a real she's a real nuts and bolts kind of warrior and um her mission in life is to destroy the moon uh because that is where a terrible evil god lives and he gives power to this this cult that's kind of ruined her life um so she's out to kill them all and then go blow up the moon um so that's that's her deal <laughs> and she's and really so angry too she's yeah very very mad so why 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 is she so mad? Like, what is her problem? I you know before I'm trying to think. We it's been like I'm guessing maybe 100 150 interviews since I last had you on. Mm -hmm. So I'm a little I'm a little murky. I don't know all the questions that I asked back then. But um, I definitely would like to talk about some of the influences for her character and character design. I know we uh, the long hair I think was uh, f uh, from your wife, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, it was my, my so, wife's COVID hair. Yeah, but but uh, <laughs> um. The character herself, you know, um, I, you know, the second time reading through the chapters, I kind of picked up a little bit of like a female Kratos vibe, you know, with just like how angry and violent she is. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't actually haven't played God of War all that much, uh, to be honest. You know, Kratos is kind of seeped into the zeitgeist just in general because he's, he's very iconic at mm -hmm. this point. Um, you know, most of the early inspiration was, was the Conan the Barbarian movie with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Um, and kind of, you know, the, the, you know, Arnold plays Conan really stoically uh, mm -hmm. for the most part. If you read like the Robert E. Howard stories, Conan's kind of, um, he's very mercurial. He's, he's, he's ups and downs all over the place. He's either <laughs> yeah. raging at something or he's, he's having a, a laugh at something. Um, Bruce Tim did this awesome little uh, fan comic called uh, Conan's Favorite Joke. And I think it's one of the best Conan the Barbarian, uh, just little pieces I've seen. It's it's only four pages long, and it's Conan like getting ready to fight some guy and being like really angry and furious. And the guy trips and falls on his own sword and like goes through his neck, and then Conan <laughs> starts just laughing hysterically. Um, and I, they, they, that's that's kind of I really wanted to uh, you know layer a more a much more emotional aspect um, onto the character. And you know we've really only seen her have opportunity to be really mad at stuff, so. Um, Maybe we'll explore some other avenues at some point. Um, it's been really nonstop action kind of from from the beginning of the comic. So maybe, maybe at some point 
we'll have a moment of mirth in there um but not <laughs> not yet <laughs> she, she has a little a little bit of rage to work out we oh, have yeah. uh, take this yeah. over on youtube uh brendan has fun character design and don't get me started with the colors yes i really the colors your your, your style um the palette is just so visually striking um man i loved everything about this uh so you said there was uh how many chapters in the book there's five chapters in the book i'm holding up 10 fingers but there's five chapters in the book <laughs> and then there's like a bonus interlude chapter um and then since then on global comics i've done six and seven and then eight is coming out on friday so and um, uh, all free to read too right yep yeah on on global comics everything's free to read um, you know, I've kind of talked before about how I think it's really important to have like a free access option and I intend to keep it that way for the foreseeable future, uh, really in, in, until I'm in a position where I, for whatever reason, would be able to make enough income from it that it could actually support me and, and mm -hmm. then I would need that income. But um, right now I'm in a place where it's like I can give it away to people who can't necessarily afford to buy the book, especially people internationally who can't afford to have the book shipped to them. Um, because international shipping is just insane. Um, yeah. I want to make sure that it's available to people um, because that's like the most important thing to me is that people actually get to read it. So, And then real quick right there is the Global Comics link to check out all those chapters. Uh, all the chapters, all seven chapters are on there. And you said, uh, what what, uh, what date are you uh, releasing the uh, chapter eight? Friday. Yeah, Friday, Friday. the 10th. Yep. Let's go. Let's go. So uh, give us a little bit of a catch up um, from what has happened in the book. What we're going to do tonight, guys, is take a look at chapter six and seven, kind of lead you up to uh, chapter eight. But uh, for in the meantime, you know, what has happened since then? So at the end of the book, uh, the first volume, spoilers, we haven't read it. Um, but it's been like six months now. So, you know, <laughs> the spoiler <laughs> window is closed. Um, but so at, at the end of the first book, you know, um, Mara was going to a city called Tanaris and with the goal of finding uh, somebody that could guide her through the jungle um, into uh, the tomb of Kuzar the Undying uh, to find a sword that would not explode whenever she tried to use it um, so she could then proceed to you know, blow up the moon. But anyways, mm -hmm. so she went to Tanaris and things didn't go super well and she ended up in the arena um, arrested and tried for heresy, uh, <laughs> trial by combat, of course. Um, which she won the trial by combat, but then uh, the ruler of the city, Juval, uh, did not care for that outcome, so uh, decided to take matters into her own hands and declare the result of the contest null and void and restart the combat with um, some magical shenanigans. So um, <laughs> that's, where the, that's where the book ended, mm -hmm. is um, on with some kind of... Uh, uh, magical necromancy and, and, and puppetry of the, the dead champion. Um, chapter six is a flashback. So okay. <laughs> you want to know why you want to know why my um, Marikir is so angry at everybody. Um, we start to answer that question a little bit in chapter six. We don't get the full answer in chapter six, but we kind of get start to get a little bit of that backstory. Uh, and then chapter seven, we go right back to the combat and we see how kind of the tables have turned. And mm -hmm. then of course, here's super spoilers um, at the end of chapter seven. And if you haven't read chapter seven yet, just don't plug your ears for a minute and go read it. <laughs> um, but at the end of chapter seven, Maro Kiro gets obliterated um, by uh, a big old magical uh, punch bomb kind of situation and is sent into um, somewhere else. <laughs> and that is where chapter eight picks up is uh is kind of a where the hell are we sort of situation um and i took the opportunity to do a lot of really weird experimental things 
Um, and you, you, you read the preview that I sent you for chapter mm-hmm. eight. Yeah. So, you know, that things kind of get a little weird. And, um, one thing I'll, I'll kind of give you the, the, uh, spoil for, for chapter eight is that there is no text in chapter eight. There I was are a about lot of, to ask. Yeah. <laughs> there are a lot of, <laughs> something's a lot different here. <laughs> yeah. Full, full conversations occur, but there, there is no text in chapter eight. So, so what um, <laughs> made you go that direction? That seems like, you know, it's kind of a hard pivot from, you know, the, the previous chapters. Yeah. Um, have you read, uh, new X-Men by Grant Morrison and Frank Whiteley? I haven't. Okay, um, that's what made me do it. Um, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm ripping off Morrison and Quitely. Uh, there's a chapter in New X-Men where Jean Grey and Emma Frost uh, go into, I think it's Professor X's brain. Mm-hmm. Um, and while they're in there, they're essentially in a, in, a, in a dream world and they cannot speak verbally to each other. So they are forced to use um, like symbology and it still comes out in the form of like dialogue bubbles, but they, they, they can't use any words. So I'm like, I don't know, I'm just going to do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, and, you know, I just wasn't sure if maybe I'm like, okay, well, you know, maybe he just doesn't want me to have an idea, you know, like read the, the letters, you know, that happens. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the letter. I'm calling it that, the hot that, take issue because you're either going to think it's the greatest thing I've ever done or you're going to hate it. <laughs> the, the letter for Marvel that month was probably like, come on, guys. Like, what about me? Um, so yeah. speaking of that, though, you do all of it, right? The writing, the illustration, the lettering. Um, yeah. Can you give us a little bit about your, your history as an artist, uh, you know, uh, coming up? How did that look for you? Yeah. Um, you know, I, I started um, making my own drawings when I was like 21, 22. And the idea was I was the editor of the comics page at my university um, at UConn. Uh, and I realized that I could get five bucks per comic if I was publishing my own comics in the paper. So I was like, ah, the ultimate form of nepotism. Uh, so I actually had two comics in the paper at the time. It was one that I wrote, Andrew, and one that I was um, just writing and another guy named Brendan uh, was, was drawing it. And um, I was a terrible, terrible artist. And I, I really just wanted to be a comic writer at the time. Um, and I had a lot of really big ideas for like this space opera thing that I wanted to do. And I, I had a, a lot of artist friends who I tried to like convince to draw it for me. Um, and I had no idea about kind of the work that went into it at the time. So um, mm-hmm. none of them ended up wanting to do it. And I'm like, well, it can't be that hard. I'll do it myself. Um, here we are 10 years later, or 11 years later, I think at this point. Um, and I think only in the past couple of years have I really gotten to a point where it's like, yeah, now I'm making comics that are good and people want to read them. Um, so it's been a long, it's been a long trip, but uh, self-sufficiency has kind of been always my thing. It's like, I don't mm-hmm. want to have to rely on, on somebody else. Um, and that, that came a lot from, I wanted to, I had a lot of friends who were artists and I decided I would rather have them as friends than as artists. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so were you much of an artist beforehand? No, 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 so no, did, no. So what did, what did you do? Did you like beat up the other Brendan and take his abilities? Like, <laughs> no, he's still out there making comics, as far as I know. Um, we 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 kind of lost touch, and I haven't really talked to him in quite a long time. But um, he, he's seen he's seen that you took off. He's like, I'm not the the, the superior Brendan anymore. I got I got to step <laughs> into the shadows. I don't know about that, but uh, no, it's like I I don't know. I I became like my obsession, and I just kind of kept working at it and. I never got disheartened because there was a really long period of time where I was very, very bad at it. And, um, and you know, I was lucky to have those same people who I, I tried to bully into making my comics for me were, were paid me back by being extremely supportive of my, uh, my efforts to actually draw. And um, I'm very thankful for that. So um, yeah, it's, it's just been something that I've been obsessed with for like the past decade. 
and there's no signs of slowing down. Everything's just picking up now. I'm really in the past year or so, I've just been a snowball. We were talking about Yeah, you're prolific, this. man. Yeah. <laughs> I'm almost, I'm getting to the point where I'm like I'm buried under. I'm like I said, I'm working on three comics simultaneously right now. Um, I was talking to DC Horn earlier this week and he's got a couple more that he wants me to do. So mm -hmm. it's like I'm never gonna turn down work. So <laughs> I guess I just better figure it out. Uh, I'm not quite ready to quit the day job yet, but we're we're getting there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We have uh, Christine, and I'm, I'm sorry if I butchered this pronunciation. Uh, come you. Uh, throwing a face red heart shape emoji in the chat over on YouTube. Thank you for stopping in, Christine. We appreciate that. So let's go ahead. I think right now would be a perfect pivot. Let's switch over to Global Comics, and we'll check out chapter, uh, chapter 6, Chapter 7, and kind of build up some of the anticipation uh, for the Chapter 8 release. So let me get this yeah. set up over here. I've got, Hold on one second. I've got notes, and I didn't. I mean, I spent all day making this little note sheet and then I closed it. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, you want to talk about um, while you're getting that up, I, I got a couple more notes I can talk about uh, chapter eight. But, you know, obviously in chapter eight, Mara is going somewhere else. I'm not necessarily going to tell you where that is. You'll have to read the chapter and find out for yourself. But, um, you know, one of the things you're definitely going to notice is that like the color palette shifts uh, mm -hmm. And the way that I kind of like shade and, and and highlight has changed a little bit as well, kind of just to you know signify that there's an otherworldly uh, quality to it. And of course, the my favorite uh, thing to do in comics is to be super vague in the way that I tell a story. Um, I love David Lynch. I think he's an asshole. And <laughs> I'm sorry, can I swear on the show? I don't remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, I, I as Might I love as well David, now. <laughs> yeah, it's too late now. Yeah, no, um, I, I love David Lynch, but I think he's I think he's a real jerk. Uh, when it comes to some of the ways that he tells stories and, and you know, like Twin Peaks, when I watched Twin Peaks, the revival, I, I, I dubbed it um, old, old men struggling the series. Uh, but I just love the way that he does stories sometimes and he, he refuses to elaborate on anything. It's like it's what's mm -hmm. on the page, like figure it out for yourself. Um, and that's going to be a big part of chapter eight is figure it out for yourself. So, so uh, <laughs> do you, uh, like, do you want your uh, readers to kind of just form their own like opinion of what's happening in the story kind of like a uh, form your own like what's going on like with the dialogue and such or you know what do you want your readers to take away with chapter eight there's a definitive thing that's happening and and i feel like if you if you puzzle through it you'll, you'll figure it out um there's another writer who i've gotten really into in the past year named gene wolf um who wrote uh the uh, series of books called the solar cycle and I, i've only read uh the book of the new sun and um, three quarters of the way through the book of the Long Sun, and Gene Wolfe is—he's um, he, another guy who does, he doesn't explain anything. And it's like you sit down, and it's almost like putting together a puzzle. You sit down, you've got all the pieces, and by the time you get to the end of the story, you figure out what's going on. Um, but you're gonna feel a little bit lost at the beginning of it. So that's mm -hmm. really the effect that I'm that I'm hoping to achieve, and some kind of just weird sci-fi elements to add to uh, to this because, you know, it, it's a it's a fantasy comic. But there's there's a little bit of sci-fi element to it, in my opinion. Um, I mean, there's robots on the shirt, so. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so right here, we are looking at uh, chapter six. For everyone that is watching, feel free to watch this uh, with us. Uh, check it out. Share it. Word of mouth is 100% free. So put this on Twitter. Put this on Facebook. Put this on everywhere you can. I love the way you play with like the flowing hair, like you just like into the interiors, like how it just like wrap. Or this is his cape, isn't it? That's his cape. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Um, but you do, you do, you do a good job of doing that with her hair too. Like how you kind of just have yeah. her hair just everywhere and just wrapping. It's it's awesome. I love the way you fill out the page with your art. 
that's uh you gotta you gotta credit todd mcfarlane for being the inspiration behind that um i'm not the hugest mcfarlane fan but um just for what just because i haven't really crossed his path a lot but i read um early spawn for a podcast ages ago and i was just in love with the way that he draws capes and fabric and, and, and clothing and everything's always blowing in the wind and it just looks awesome um <laughs> so it's like i'm like yeah i'm gonna do that um and and yeah you've definitely hit on something with like Manotatus and his cape and Marukiro and the hair, they're kind of they're they're they mirror each other in a lot mm-hmm. of ways. Um he's also a very emotional character, as you may have noticed. But kind I also of from love a, just like I smell the indignity or uh, indignity, like damn dude. Like <laughs> yeah, he's a, he's he's kind of he's kind of a jerk. He's he's a nasty fella. Mm-hmm. So what are we seeing happening in these early pages? Um so this is this is like I said, is a flashback. And, um, you know, we know that Manitatis is kind of, he's the high priest of the, of the moon. He's the leader of the cult of the moon. Um, but all we've really seen him done up to this point is sit on a mountain and yell at people. Um, so I wanted to give him a little bit of a moment to be an evil asshole. Uh, and that's really what the, the start of this chapter is, is, um, he has, this is the end of a, of, a, of a fateful encounter where pretty much everybody who is going to die has already died at this point. Mm-hmm. There's this one guy left, um, kind of a cowardly warrior taking a, a last stand. And um, he really just he really just takes his time with this guy and, and, and picks him apart in a ways that he doesn't need to. But he's enjoying himself because he's a, he, he's a bad dude. Uh, so... <laughs> I'm loving this armor too. Uh, what was some of the inspiration behind this character design? I like things that um, I follow a lot of like Eastern European fantasy artists mm-hmm. um, whose name a lot of them are named Artyom, and um, <laughs> 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 which is which is kind of a joke in the community. Um, but um, there's uh, there's another guy uh, named um, Ramon. Um, I can't remember his last name. It's either Perez or Perales. Um, he does a lot of cool fantasy stuff. Uh, he did a comic called The Grotesque Jarcha for La Mancha, which mm-hmm. is about Don Quixote. Um, but the, a lot of those design sensibilities, and they come from like the 70s and the early 80s, um, and like early tabletop kind of stuff, really gritty fantasy stuff. Um, that is a lot of what inspires me to 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 make costumes and i i don't do it in the same way that those guys do they really Mm -hmm. have like a very vintage feel about them um and they're amazing artists uh but that's that's where i kind of take the the inspiration for a lot of my costumes and early on in 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 designing the costumes i'm like okay everybody in the comic is either going to be like wearing almost no clothing at all (laughs) <laughs> or they're going to be covered in like rags and furs and stuff. Mm-hmm. It's 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 like those two poles and n- nothing in between. <laughs> I'll say the fur the fur around the shoulders kind of reminded me a little bit of like the Dark Souls two, uh, like sure. the armor set in there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've played Souls games. I'm very bad at them, but I I, I have I do own them <laughs> I all. Think, I think that's the fun of it, right? It's just being yeah. horrible at getting smashed. Like <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, no, that's definitely definitely um that kind of aesthetic the dark fantasy costuming uh which looks a lot different when i do it because i do like a super saturated color palette instead mm-hmm. of most of most of um most artists that work there kind of do the earth tones and, and such and such but um and this, I like this splash page green. 
is freaking gorgeous. The way you have the cape, like, just wrapping up, filling up the page, uh, splitting, you know, grabbing the head off. Like, dude, this dude is one badass mother. mother. <laughs> what, what was most important to me about uh, this encounter was that for Manitatis, this is like a game. And it's funny for him. He thinks mm -hmm. he thinks this this is he's having a good time, and he thinks this is hilarious. And like popping a guy's head off, like like you would like a dandelion or something, uh, is something that both he can do, uh, and that he thinks is very funny. So, <laughs> so uh, man, this is gorgeous. Like I, I just love like um, you have like this setting in the background you know uh what what are these colors right here like dude these greens and this like neon like greenish right here is just gorgeous yeah um you know that's there's some of them are i work rgb for the most part and i'm trying to be better about doing things that will hold true to printing um in print but every so often i get drawn back to it i'm like you know this is people are going to see this in digital first mm -hmm. and some of these some of these RGB greens just look so freaking cool popping off the page. So like, the, <laughs> you know, like the moon and the yellow and the green there, that's all mm -hmm. going to print true to true to color. Uh, the sword might be a come out a little bit darker just because that that tone is really as a real RGB tone. Um, and I work with uh, there's there's like teal in there. Mm -hmm. um, I really only I blend all my own colors usually, um, and I, I I do it from either I have a cyan, I have a magenta, and I have a yellow um that i'll just switch play with levels on and i, I have all of my 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 uh, clip studio documents ha end up having like 200 layers when i'm done <laughs> because i I'm, I'm like shifting around opacities and stuff and i don't want to merge anything until i am at like the final checkpoint because mm -hmm. stuff changes as i go through the page and oftentimes i'll like completely switch around the way i'm doing the palette um in the process of making the page so we have a uh, Christine over on YouTube. Your color palette is everything. It really is. It seems like you have such a strong focus on certain colors as well. Like, is there mm -hmm. any like certain symbolism behind that, or, or are those just the ones that you have the most fun with? Um, it, it's it's a little bit of both. Um, the the pink that I use for the most, and and that like hits the highlights on Marukira's hair. Um, that was originally going to be red, and the reason that was originally going to be red is because when I started working on this in the first place, I was thinking it from a standpoint of like I'm going to make a shonen comic, mm -hmm. and shonen heroes have always got like either a red hat or like uh, Luffy's got the red vest, or um, you know it, they, there was always some kind of red element uh, in 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 those heroes costumes. So I wanted to have that be like a really quick visual cue and then i changed it later so you know whatever um but the green the moon is green uh green's the bad color yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I, I think it looks really ominous and menacing mm -hmm. i think it's the most evil looking color uh and, and and that's what i wanted to go with for that so um they 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 play really well opposite each other mm -hmm. not super great for people who um have some kind of color blindness so I, I might try to figure out a way to to help with that in in the future they just something stare, I, at the, stare at the screen and start screaming what's going on <laughs> something that i something that i do try to do to combat that is i i and this was something that early on um matt garvey who did comics um i took a hammer to hell mm -hmm. and big fuck off worms and, and a bunch of other cool stuff um he reviewed one of my early comics on his youtube channel as kind of like a um like a like a creator like help you make your comic better kind of thing and one of the things that he told me was like you 
need to do more with the way that you um, do like your color levels and your saturations. And, and, and so I try to make it so that you have like really bright white highlights on things mm -hmm. so that if you can't see the colors super duper well, your values should still hold true. I do everything um, after, before I publish anything, I throw a black layer on and I do saturation only and I see it in grayscale. And if it doesn't read in grayscale, um, then I go back and, and, and fix it until it does because wow. um, that, that's kind of important just visually. And then it's a, it's a good, I think it's a good thing to just kind of do as a check. It's like flipping the canvas. It's a good thing to, to, to put on your checklist before you. So what taught you that? Like, how, how, like what like made you want to go? Cause that seems like a pretty extreme depth to do, but it seems like something like you would want to do to ensure you have good product. Like the quality of your product is, is just like through and through like that's genius man yeah um you know my my i was talking also with um and and you know this is i, I started a, i started a mastodon account which i don't pay enough attention to but one of the things that mastodon <laughs> has you do is they, they they really want you to do text descriptions of all your of all your images and um you know my wife has an uncle who is um uh vision impaired and he is really involved in um you know, doing like uh, text-to-speech apps for people who are vision impaired, so they can like read the news and 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 doing stuff like that. And so, I don't have that kind of level of accessibility for my comic yet. I really would like to get there and actually have alt text descriptions on everything. Um, but it's something that I started to consider. It's like I need to. It's a visual medium, but I need to try to make it as accessible as possible because I know mm -hmm. that a lot of people don't have. Um, the the visual ability to 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 see things at the way that I do. So I want to make sure that everybody can enjoy it. Um. So I I, I and, and yeah, I think that that value coloring is kind of really key to my process now. It's not something that I initially was, and it's made me quite a bit of a better artist. I think. Um. Everything just pops so much better. Um. But you know, it, it it's all about you know trying to make comics that everybody can enjoy. Um. I'm not yeah. all the way there yet, but it is something that is always on my mind, and I'm I'm trying to get there. So we have a christine agreeing in chat saying that's brilliant um so right here this is an interesting page we kind of see uh see her seeing the sword for the first time and then uh a flash forward to her being just completely smashed yeah yeah um so you know at the end of chapter five it was a really hard fight and she won um but it kind of like took everything out of her and then it was mm -hmm. like oh you're not done yet um so <laughs> yeah but um this this chapter, chapter six, was really I wanted to establish kind of the determination of Marukiro, and the point being that she's like, as a child, you know, kind of understanding how hard her life was going to be, and and you know, pursuing her quest anyways. Mm -hmm. um, so that's that's kind of her whole deal is she's never going to back down, um, and she know like there's no end in sight for her, and she's never going to give up. So that that was that was what chapter six was all about for me. So. Um... That I did some extras. <laughs> can, can we talk a little bit about um, when she gets really mad, her eyes uh, turn completely pink, right? Yep. Yeah. So it's not what, what, just when she gets really mad, but that is that is an aspect of it. So is there any, you know, what, what what's happening there? Is that kind of like when she's at her full power or? Yeah. So um, one of the, one of like her, what makes her special and we don't fully understand this yet, um, but Yaga, the character with the big hat who has not appeared in quite a while because she doesn't like cities and she didn't come to this adventure. Um, 
but she explained early on that uh, you know magic is something that the cult of the moon has kind of pigeonholed as as being they, they they've got it all they bogarted it all it's all for them um so there's just a couple of of uh you know important asshole wizard priests that have all the power um and you know make everybody else uh beg for scraps essentially and so maru kiro's thing is like she can use magic um and we don't understand why she can do it yet uh but for whatever reason uh she's the only person who can take power herself and mm -hmm. and, and and make use of it so um she kind of taps into it with her uh with her anger and her rage but it also puts her in a place where she can't control it like at all so she gets like one big giant attack out of it and then whatever weapon she's using usually melts into a puddle <laughs> uh and she's kind of all out of juice so are those uh are those wizards like uh, a metaphor for anything it kind of seems like it might be <laughs> are they gee i don't know <laughs> <laughs> Seems like it might be hinting towards something. I don't know. Yeah. Oh God. I don't know. I wouldn't want to put any kind of political messaging in a comic, but. Uh... Oh yeah. That, that doesn't happen, does it? So we're seeing that kind of happen right here with the eyes, right? Like it seems like right here yeah. she's about to to experience a little bit of a power up or or kind of well, just go into rage mode. Yeah. In in chapter uh, so at the end of chapter five, she kind of blew everything she had to to kill Salmo, and. Um, at the beginning of chapter seven here uh when she's being manhandled and 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 taken apart uh you know she really does kind of push up push push beyond her limits and 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 summon that power up again um but if you'll you know continue flipping through the pages you'll see that it's 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 not enough this time so um and she actually does uh <laughs> she, she gets messed up pretty bad in this chapter <laughs> And I just, I just love the way you are like doing your paneling right here, like right here, like we have the whole ticket at the bottom page, and then just uh, the the sinister smile and the eyes, like kind of just paneling right there. Like this is gorgeous. Thank you. I had a lot of fun doing this one. Um, wow, this is one hell of a slash page right here too. So what's happening right here? It looks like she's uh, kind of exploding a little bit. <laughs> end, end of the line, baby. This is it. Comics over. She lost. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, and they want her to bag too, and that's something she does not do. No, not not even a little bit. So, um, yeah, this this is kind of the transition, um, and you know we're in a bad way here, obviously. But I really love uh, how you have like the leg and the hand kind of just like silhouetted right there, and mm -hmm. you can really tell it's her because of the hair. Like the yeah. hair is like such a strong symbol. Like, and I love the way you utilize that. Like, you know, it's her without it, like in your face showing you it's her. Yeah, you know, some somebody asked on Twitter the other day, uh, you know, like when you take commissions or when you're designing characters, do you, um, you know, do you tell writers not to put tattoos on characters? And it's like, I don't, because if your character's got tattoos, then, then cool. Uh, my characters tend to not, or if they do, they're really simple because... Um, I, I drew a, I drew a little fan piece for um, um, Sparkle Arts uh, mm -hmm. and, and Celestis and oh with uh, the tattoos. Yana has got like full body mm -hmm. ink everywhere, and it's like oh that's really cool. Um, but now I'm gonna do a piece of fan art, and you've got like six additional <laughs> art pieces on I your character six of that I got <laughs> that I gotta do. So um it's like yeah I, I i tend to i tend to shy away from that or do something like really simple i had a character once um a design that i didn't use 
uh, that might show up at some point, but he had like a like a really cool tattoo that was just like a big circle that went around. Um, like it was the empty space was the shoulder and there was like a circle wrapped around his, his back and this and on his chest. And it's like, I thought that was a really cool, simple design that I could draw from far away and you'd be able to tell. Um, that's like my biggest deal with all the Mario Kuro characters. It's like, you gotta be able to tell who they are from like bird's eye view. Um, and so far, I think I've done a pretty good job of that. Yeah. Um, we haven't had like a huge cast yet. If you don't count the crowd, um, drawing those crowd scenes and, and it was like, I, I had to come up with so many designs that it was like, okay, we're just putting this guy here and this guy here. I put in cameos from literally every comic character that I've ever drawn, um, her hidden in that crowd somewhere. Um, but yeah, just trying to make everybody really distinct, um, and mm -hmm. simple and, 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 and easy to, to pick out. So, so I love right here. We have her, uh, say never just like true 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 to fashion uh real quick we have christine over on youtube did one yana piece and covered all but her phoenix we have jay michael miller throwing some fire in the chat as well welcome to the stream jay how you doing so man what a climatic battle so right here's pretty powerful too um what's going on in uh in this page this was really this was originally just a black pit two uh two black pages but then um i was afraid that people reading it on global would think something was wrong uh, <laughs> and would stop reading so i'm like well i gotta put something on it uh, and i actually ended up liking this better um just as a transitional element to show you mm -hmm. that we're some something's happening um and you know we're going from one place to another and of course that's where we end up um um here where sort of the uh, the otherworldliness begins uh and you can see you know the colors are completely different and mm -hmm. uh, there's no shadows anymore and uh we're, we're in, a, in a new place submerged in water <laughs> i love how you just had the hair kind of peeking through the water just a little bit too and her hair is so much more relaxed as well it seems or is that just because it's what uh you read it however you want i guess um <laughs> sometimes when people have good ideas i'm like yeah no that's totally what i did <laughs> and then we have uh one interesting character over here um not a whole lot of dialogue too so this is kind of where uh you start bleeding into that it seems like uh yeah. where you're not really using a lot of lettering you know who's this creature and this is one hell of a sword right behind him mm -hmm. <laughs> I, I mean i do but i'm not gonna tell you <laughs> we have uh mama geekly speaking of the devil stopping in to say i love the hair thank you for stopping in i was just telling telling brendan how you've been uh making every show and uh you know how much uh, you've been supporting it and he was saying his mom's probably gonna pop in at some point too the battle of the moms you know probably gonna happen in chat <laughs> so right there guys be sure to check this out on global comics it's free to read you have nothing to lose um, and speaking of the devil, where can people find the physical copy? I mean, this book is gorgeous. Let's take a look at it a little bit. Yeah. Um, um, so it's available if you can buy it directly from me, which I've sold a couple. I sent, I sold that one to you directly. Uh, you can reach out to me either uh, on Twitter or through my website. Um, but the other place you can get it is from my publisher. Uh, so I will, I have a link. I can't. It's not, it's not an easy URL to read them. <laughs> um, from Castane Publishing at um, .bigcartel.com. Uh, you can find it there. And, uh, you know, 20 bucks plus $5 shipping. Um, it's like 100 pages. Um, I think it's a good value. I think you'll, you know, you'll enjoy it. Mm -hmm. um, but obviously, you know, I'll, I can send you a link. Uh, I'll just throw it to you in Discord if you want, want to have anything to do with it. Um, and, yeah, you can get that there. And uh, I'm trying to 
make more merch available. Uh, I kind of fell off the wagon on that, but uh, we'll try to get some merch up at some point and you can get things like my, my coffee cup and you know, the shirt and all the other cool stuff. So, <laughs> so what else is up your sleeve for 2023? We were talking yeah. a little bit backstage. We were talking a little bit during the interview. You uh, have been really prolific with a lot of like cover art, a lot of, you know, fan art that you've been doing, but are there any other projects that you're going to be involved with? Yes. Um, you know, I'm pretty sure I can talk about all of these at this point, so that's cool. But uh, I'm working on a, a full series with uh, DC Horn, who does uh, Once Upon a Time in Xanatopia and a handful of other things, um, called The World Ends in Fire. And that's a fantasy comic, uh, as you might expect. Um, but I'm really excited about that. And, um, you know, I don't have a whole lot to share. Um, DC is, has all the art and he's been kind of trying to figure out how to parse it out the best. There's going to be a Kickstarter at some point. Uh, the first issue of that is just about done from, Ooh. from my end. And then there's probably going to be a couple more this year. So we'll see on that. Uh, I'm also working on a short horror comic with Alice Quinn Rose called uh, a dog and his lady, uh, which is another kind of experimental, no text comic uh, from mm -hmm. the point of view of a dog, uh, which was another thing that was kind of serendipitous. I'm like, Oh, great. I'm going to work this kind of stuff in the Mario here too. Um, so that'll be coming this year. <laughs> There'll be a Kickstarter for that at some point as well. Um, but really excited. Uh, Alice is great. And it's been a lot of fun working with her. Um, and then there might be some kind of animated product coming at some Ooh. point. I don't know if you're familiar at all with uh, Autumn Ivy, um, who does a lot of voice acting okay. and other things. Um, but there was something the other day that was talking about like, ooh, if you were doing an animated series, who would your dream voice cast be? And uh, I just kind of was like, oh, you know, it would have to be somebody who had like a good low register, could do like real angry stuff. And, you know, if I was dream casting, I want Autumn Ivy to do it. And um, she actually saw that and replied to it. And she's like, yeah, I would do it. I'm like, oh, okay. So we followed each other and we talked a little Ooh, bit. I sent her a book. Let's um, go, dude. A physical book or digital? Physical book, yeah. Ah! Um, and I was like, and I'm like, I, I, I gotta tell you, like, I don't have any idea how to put together an animation. I mean, this is all just spitballing. She's like, oh, motion mm -hmm. comics are cool. You should maybe think of that. I'm like, so okay, maybe spitballing I'll for you. Yeah, maybe, maybe I'll figure that out. I, I, I need to maybe wrangle up some other voices. I threw I was, on the same day. I'm like, well, as long as I'm manifesting stuff, maybe I can get an answer out of uh, someone. <laughs> uh, do a Manitoba's voice, you know? So I was just like, Prozy D, uh, what do you think? And he, he didn't say anything, which I'm, I'm not surprised. Hey, hey, that, the but. thing is, though, once you get one, you use that one to get the other like hey i, I know so and so yeah. like we'd yeah. love to get you involved too like that's so, so cool brendan congratulations I'll, I'll, I'll wait until there's more reality or surrounding that before i actually start physically going after people for that but mm -hmm. it was very cool to meet autumn and uh and, and talk to her about this and and you know she's she's a like a fitness model and stuff as well so there's actually some maro kira drawings that are are kind of based on her um, not the hair, obviously. Uh, she'd need about seven feet more hair, I think. But um, <laughs> but from like a, a standpoint of physique, she's she's. All, mm -hmm. If we ever did a live action show, she'd be able to play her as well. I think we just need to get like a really big wig, uh, <laughs> <laughs> work out the neck muscles a little bit so her head doesn't break off with it. I get yeah. it. Yeah, but Mama Geekly saying uh, that's awesome. Wishing you loads of luck with that. Don't give up. Thank you for Thank the you. Uh, inspiration. So Brendan, yeah. before we let you go. Sure. Um, real quick, where can people find more of your work? You know, how can people uh, commission you if they're interested in getting a cover or any, you know, fan art or anything? Yeah. Um, so, brendanalbetsky.com. 
um, is where my portfolio is and it's where all my contact information is. You can also just email me htbcomics at gmail.com. But all that contact info is on my website. Also, you can just DM me on Twitter. I'm at health mm-hmm. breakfast. Always have been probably always will be. Um, you know, any place you can get a hold of me, I'll, I'll, I'll take your cons. Uh, I'll draw your covers. I'll draw your interiors. Give Actually, me I, your might money. Not, I might not draw your interiors. I might be loaded up on interiors at this point, but still, <laughs> let's have a conversation. Um, but also, you know, the probably the best thing to do if you're just interested in following my work is to follow me on Global Comics. Um, follow my creator profile. Like Mario Kiru, you'll get email updates whenever I put an update out. Uh, we're doing four updates this year of chapters first one obviously is going to be on february the 10th and then the next one's going to be on may 12th and i'm going to do one every quarter uh until the end of the year and that'll take us uh considerably further in the story i've scripted out the next chapter today and i'm like i'm i'm gonna get there this time i'm gonna get to this point uh so i'm excited about about doing that and then you know, there's going to be a lot of other cool stuff. World Ends in Fire is going to be coming out this year. That may or may not be a, a Global Comics exclusive. Um, Let's go. DC Horns kind of bandied that around a little bit, but I don't know if that's real or if that we're just saying that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and guys, make sure you check out his store. Make sure you buy the physical book if you Please, want to. You, you know, yeah. uh, he does all this for free, so that is the way to financially support him and, and help him keep creating right like actually the best what... way to find the best way to find the physical book i was trying to read you the the url before but if you just go to my website brandonelbetsky.com um right on the home page there's like a buy the marukira book and you just click that it'll take you right to the store so no that's that's <laughs> awesome that's awesome so real quick before we let you go you've been on the show before you know the drill we always love asking a piece of advice for anyone who might be new there so for anyone who is looking to maybe you know add some distinction to their character you know where they can look far away and be like that is my protagonist what advice would you have them you know or have for them to offer them to help them achieve that you know because that seems like it's something that's pretty important to have uh, with your character to have them kind of be noticeable in the distance uh, just as noticeable as they are up front well i've got i've got a good answer for that question and then i have another tidbit that i want to tack on right before the end because mm-hmm. i prepared my own just in case <laughs> um but uh so keeping keeping it simple and really easy to read um, is your best bet. Uh, and the best piece, the best piece of advice that I got for working on that, and the best piece of advice that I think I can give to anybody is uh, read One Piece and watch One Piece uh, because Ichiro Oda is like literally the best who's ever been at designing characters that you can spot from a mile away. Um, and you know some of the designs are wacky and wonky, but it's like you always know exactly who you're looking at. Mm-hmm. Um, Luffy is like the most simply designed protagonist ever, but he's so iconic. Uh, he's just a kid with a hat and a vest, but that's <laughs> all you like, need to cosplay him too. Yeah, exactly. So it's like, don't overcomplicate things. Keep it simple. Don't be afraid to go through iterations. Don't be afraid to let your characters change and grow. Um, you know, the first Mark, hang on. Here, let me change over here too. This is this and, is an early this is an early Mario Kiru drawing. Uh, wow, about f- three feet of hair there. Yeah, I mean we were just she had a cape <laughs> at that point because I'm like she should have a cape, and then I got to a point where I was like, um, well the bad guy's gonna have a cape. She can't also have a cape. Um, so that's where the kind of and you know the, the worlds collided and we got the the big hair, but. Um, you know, it's going to take time to develop your character the way you want it to be. 
Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'm saying keep it simple, but honestly, like it, sometimes it takes a long time to work to the point of simplicity that you want to stay with forever. And, um, you know, there's a, there's a costume change in, in this chapter coming up. So, um, you know, I'm not even, even like, I, I really like the co mirrored here. I really like the costume <laughs> that I came up with for Marukiro. Mm -hmm. She might come back to a look like this at some point, but, um, you know, I did decide to change it up a little bit. Gotta make um, a new shirt now, man. Yeah, I gotta make a new shirt. Kind of new <laughs> um, you look at my new cover image on, on Global Comics, you'll see kind of a preview of what the new costume kind of looks like. Um, but it's a little, a little more Kirby-esque than, than mm -hmm. things I've done in the past, perhaps. Uh, but, but yeah, I would say, you know, be patient and, and do the work and listen to feedback from people. If somebody, and one, one of the best pieces of feedback, and this is terrible to say, but one of the best pieces of feedback early on, um, I got when I was trying to do like gag a day strips, uh, somebody left a comment that was just like, this whole place looks like a big fucking mess. <laughs> and I was like, oh. Oh, <laughs> but it, it's something that stayed with me. And sometimes I'll mm -hmm. look at my own work when I went and I'm just like, this whole thing looks like a big fucking mess. And I'll like, just he wipe was right. It, <laughs> just right. And I'll just wipe it off and, 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 and start over. Um, so yeah, you know, be patient with yourself, but uh, kind of know what you want to know what you want mm -hmm. that kind of signature quality of your character to be, and then just make it really pronounced. So yeah, that's, that's, that's how I would do it. Perfect. Um, and the my, my my homespun advice that i brought with me from from home um is i you know twitter is a hellscape um and i see every day a lot of people who i really respect and 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 love as artists um just being really down in the dumps and people who are like honestly very successful at what they've done in art and they still just kind of feel rotten about it and um, i was talking with my friend zach um Zach Semantic, who just released a comic called Saga of the Spaceman on Global Comics. You should check it out, plug. Um, but we were talking about it, and it's like, you know, there's a lot of people who are way more successful than we are, and they're talking like they haven't achieved anything in their lives. And they're thinking like they're thinking of like hanging it up or, or, or stepping back. And I'm just like, you know, it, it's the important lesson, I guess, to glean from that is like positivity is not waiting for you at the mountaintop. Mm -hmm. um, you know, the attitude that you you bring with you is something that is not going to change when you've achieved your goals. And that's something that I've really learned uh, in the past six months or so is one of the things that I wanted to do forever is like, I want to be a pro and I want people to pay me to do interiors. And in the last year or so, I finally had that like take off. And I had a bunch of people be like, make my comic. Here's money. We'll pay your page rate. That page rate's not high enough. Raise your page rate. Thanks DC. Mm -hmm. um, but you know, the, the, that was a great feeling for like a day and then after that wore off it's like well this is just the same old life and i'm working again and and, and like well, what am i supposed to do and it's like well you got to find a way to like bring that positivity with you yeah and be like you know you do this because you love it and because it makes you happy the work itself makes you happy it's like that's why i always want to be the guy doing the work the guy making the thing um because it's like that's what i that's what i enjoy that's what i get out of it um so it's like think about what you get out of it and cling to that um mm -hmm. because you're gonna you're gonna need it <laughs> we were uh we were just talking backstage and like you know a lot of the stuff that i'm doing like you know i, I was thinking to myself like why aren't i doing this like the only mm. thing stopping me from doing this is literally me not doing it like that's the biggest thing holding me back from not doing what i want to do like why am i waiting for someone to give me permission to do what i want to do you know yeah, like right. yeah. it makes no sense so guys get out there and do what you want to do 
You heard it from Cody and Brendan. Get that shit done. <laughs> Everyone watching, it is a beautiful Wednesday. Right here is the Global Comics link. Be sure to check this out for free. Be sure to read everything and share it with your friends and family. They will love it just as much. Real quick, we have Mama Geekly. Every successful person started from the bottom and went through a lot of dirt to get to the top. You got to keep going and try not to get discouraged. I think oh, that damn. is a beautiful note to end on. So I hope you Thanks all have too. a lovely Wednesday evening. I almost said afternoon. But most importantly, guys, keep it geekly.